Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. We are back on Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast, PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me, as always, is Steve Balsheri, today in the Secret Square, and Derek Havens. In this episode, we will briefly look back at the Patriots' loss on Thanksgiving, against the Vikings. I think there's some very interesting things to take out of it. We'll talk about that. Obviously, we're going to have a huge amount of our focus on the upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills and uh, see where we feel the Patriots are in regards to the Bills. Do they have a chance in this game? They obviously do. How close have they gotten that gap down? We'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll find out. We should find out a good amount in this game. All right. So, guys, Let's just get going. Derek, I'll go to you first. Just give me your opening thoughts on that Thanksgiving day or night loss for the Patriots against the Vikings. Just overall thoughts. Incredibly frustrating game uh, on, on a bunch of different levels, guys. Uh, you know, for one, you I think we're coming out of this, you know, we, we talked about Mac Jones before we went live. And yeah. I, I thought it was his best game of the year by far. So if you want a silver lining from it all, I would say I was happy to see relatively comfortable stepping into some throws. I thought the timing with the, the receivers was better, and I thought he made uh, some some good plays in that game. Now, there were some mistakes, and I thought he faded down the stretch, unfortunately, which uh, has not been unusual. It's been pretty typical of, of, of some of his bigger games. Unfortunately, he has faded down the stretch, but I don't think it was all on him. Now, I think coming out of this game, guys – I look at it and I say that there was, you know, there was issues on a lot of different things. I thought I, I didn't like the coaching. Uh, I, there was a lot of coaching decisions I didn't agree with. I thought special teams let you down a big time. Pass rush was an issue with Kirk Cousins. Secondary uh, really didn't have a great answer for Justin Jefferson, which I thought should have been one a, you know, easy with an asterisk next to it. Uh, there was just a lot of second guesses in this game, and it's unfortunate because I thought that this was a opportunity for the Patriots to kind of show up in a primetime game and steal one on the road against a good Vikings team. And I just thought they just made too many mistakes. This is a game where, you know, you kind of walk away going, man, three, four plays go a different way. We're talking about a different outcome. But um, I I thought that this was, you know, uh, just very frustrating loss overall. Okay. And we'll get back to talking in more depth about Mac Jones. And I'll give you a comparison that might surprise both of you when we talk about someone else's second season with the New England Patriots. Steve, over to you. Give me your opening thoughts. Yeah, it was um, 
it was interesting that in this game, the offense was carrying the Patriots and the defense was kind of reeling. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I thought Mac Jones had a good game. He threw for almost 400 yards. Yep. And like Derek, I was uh, kind of frustrated with the play calling. The Patriots only ran the ball 13 times in this game. And I know uh, that this is supposed to be a running team. And I thought, especially in the second half, Minnesota basically gave up on trying to defend the run. They were just coming after Mac Jones because the Patriots took themselves right out of the running game. So, you know, a lot of those problems stem from them being one-dimensional. And and they didn't really have to be until maybe that last drive. I mean – at that point, yeah, you have to just go for it. Sure. But, I mean, you know, when you fancy yourself a running football team and you only rush 13 times in a game that's very close, it, it was frustrating. And I thought, you know, they made their own mistakes. They made plenty of them. And, you know, like, like Derek said, three or four plays go the other way. And you're looking at a different outcome. And we all know that uh, the officials aired quite a bit in this game. No. (laughs) Brutal. And, you know, there was an 11-point swing between two specific plays. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yeah, we will. But, you know, but this was a very winnable football game for them. I thought, you know, the defense didn't play well. Although in the running game, I thought the defense was outstanding again. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, Minnesota only rushed for 57 yards by rushing 27 times. You know, that's I mean, (laughs) that's a lot of rushes going nowhere. They held Delvin Cook to 42 yards on 20. So they took away the run, Steve, is what you're telling me. They really they took away the run big time. You know, they just couldn't get any pressure. um, And. They had uh, some issues covering <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Yeah, we'll but talk it was about a winnable that. football game. And uh, Chris, thank you for your nice comment about three wise men. I, I don't <laughs> know about that, but I'll take it. Well, thank you, Chris. It says greetings <laughs> to the three wise men of Patriots football. I, I would like to think that at least two, Stephen Derrick and I'm, <laughs> Are wise and maybe I'm just uh, I don't know I don't know what you call me but thank Steve. you. <laughs> but yeah, Chris gets here faster than Derek does. Yeah, this is <laughs> very true. Sure. That's very true. Is it too early to start the fire map, Patricia Chant, Derek? No, no, it's been it's been that time for weeks. Um, but <laughs> of course, but but that's a, that's a different conversation for a different show. We have all off season to talk about. That. We do, um, and I feel. I can't really talk about it right now, but I, we can have this conversation off the air yep. and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. But I feel confident about changes coming to the office after a conversation I had um, on Monday. So, okay. so I, I, I think people who are listening right now, I um, are you, know, you we'll in see. the know, Derek? I'm not in the know, but I, I just rub elbows with people who sometimes know things. So uh, the antenna's <laughs> going up. Yeah, I, I feel I just feel more confident about potential changes coming than I did a couple of weeks ago. But we'll talk about that. Um, and I don't mean to players as much. I'm sure there will be, obviously, but I'm talking about more coaching staff related. But, you okay. know, um, can we can we skip to the Justin Jefferson stuff for us? Sure. We can go right to the Justin Jefferson. Um, go ahead. 
So we'll jump. There. Look, I mean, I think Jonathan Jones is a good player. Uh, he, yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I think on paper, obviously, uh, he's the Patriots' best corner. He can play inside. He can play outside. So he can follow Justin Jefferson all over the field. I thought the issue with the coaching staff was to say, "F it, let's just have, uh, you know, a good player cover one of the best in football." And uh, they put a lot on his plate. And um, you know, look, some of the coverages was there. Justin just made ridiculous catches. I mean, he's he's terrific. I mean, we all see, we all saw that. Like, I, I mean, even, you know, I, I I don't love to use Twitter as a huge barometer for the fan base, but. For the most part, I think people were looking at it and being like, geez, this guy is good. <laughs> like it was more, it was more, it was more like Justin Jefferson is good than Jonathan Jones is bad, right? My issue is they they just put him on an island like it's Stefan Gilmore from five years ago, and he's playing at a depoy level. And it's like that's not it's not really fair to Jonathan. And it's really a dumb plan. I mean, that I I they did a great job on Dalvin Cook and and run defense to the most part in my opinion, is more of an effort thing and a group defense thing than a scheme thing. But I don't know if they emphasize Dalvin Cook more than Justin Jefferson, but to me, I think they missed the mark. They should have been double covering Justin Jefferson, you know, more. You know, I, what was it, nine for 136 and a touchdown? I mean, to me, I thought if they if you could take away a couple more of those catches – I think that you take some serious points off the board for Minnesota, and and I I don't think you're being fair to the Patriots defense, and not being fair to Justin Jefferson. I I don't think you're being fair to him because he caught several contested passes oh, yeah. here. I I did say I did say that though. I well, mean, I, no, I, but I mean I mean I think the Patriots defense played about as good as you could. I understand what you're saying with the lack of help at times. They were mixing it up, but Derek Justin Jefferson. I mean, and this they, is actually the first time I've seen him live. And I just said, okay, Randy Moss. He he wasn't. They didn't double him enough for us. And they okay. and they could they Kirk Cousins to his credit got rid of the ball quickly, but they couldn't get a pass rush. The Minnesota looked really well prepared for a lot of the stunts and twists up front. Matthew Judon couldn't get free. They were having issues in the secondary. I mean, the only thing they did good on defense uh, on Thursday was run defense. Everything else they they had problems with. And I I I really hope I really hope we're gonna you know, be surprised, but this is what happened last year. The defense beat up on, on crappy offenses. And when the good offenses came, the defense, the defense was not as good as it had showed previously. Am I, am I listening to the radio now? Am I like listening? To... No, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you the facts Russ. I'm just okay. telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. And, they, the, and that, and they, they let up way too many big plays through the air Okay, and, and it's not, it's not good enough and it's not going to be good enough against Buffalo twice, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Cardinals, because guess what? They keep struggling with these with these top receivers, and they have Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs twice, Waddle and Hill coming up in the next yep. six games. So they need to figure so out how to cover a number one receiver in the NFL. Wow, Derek is coming out hot. I just pushed the right well, button there, Steve. See, that's what happens when you wait till Wednesday. <laughs> I know. I this know. has well, been hey, building I, I, up I, since last Thursday. I guess. I guess. Okay. So let's now, since we're focusing on the defense, I'm glad that Steve brought up the good part of the defense, stopping the run. Steve, I want you to get a good crack at this one. Why do you think they were not able to get to Kirk Cousins? And Kirk Cousins, at times when they did get pressure on him, they actually made him look bad. There were some plays, you know, like I said, there were plays to be made there, but they could not get the pressure. Is this a combination of, Kevin O'Connell with a very good scheme, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and Kirk Cousins, or is this bad defense? Is it all of the above? 
Steve. Yeah, well, I, I would say this. I think the game plan was to take away Dalvin Cook, and they thought they were going to be able to get home with their pass rush and, you know, force him, uh, him meaning Cousins, into making some mistakes. Now, the one time that they got a really nice push up the middle with Daniel Quale, Cousins threw a pick. That's right. And, and yep. I thought that was their game plan. Okay, we're going to stop Dalvin Cook make them one-dimensional, we're going to be able to get home in the pass rush and force Cousins into making mistakes. Half of that worked really, really good. Right. <laughs> the other half, yep. you know, the the uh, the pass rush wasn't getting home. And, you know, like Derek said, uh, Jefferson took them to school. And at times they were trying to bracket him. But, I mean, I saw him do the same thing, even more so against the Buffalo Bills who are considered to have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So it's not all on the Patriots. He does this to basically everyone he plays against. Because if you look at his record since he entered the NFL, he does that a lot. So I, I, I didn't think it was as much on the Patriots as it was Jefferson being really good. That being said, they did have some breakdowns in coverage. Jonathan Jones had a rough, rough game. I mean, you know, he, he was struggling keeping up with Jefferson. Um, you know, and in that contested catch department, when you look at um, Jefferson, he has a decided height advantage, and they took advantage of that. They were, you know, um, throwing the ball up where just about he was the only one that could catch it. But I think a lot of that goes back to the lack of pass rush on Thursday night. Now I will say uh, they doubled Matthew Judon, but more than once I saw him being grabbed hold of and pulled sideways. But I guess if it's Vaughn Miller, he gets the call. If it's Matthew Judon, he does not. Well, we could talk about the officials in just but, a second. You know, yeah, the, the secondary <laughs> had some problems. And then I thought it, uh, it got a little better for a while. They moved. Jonathan Jones into the slot and moved Jack Jones on the outside. And because I thought, uh, well, there was a sequence, two plays. I think it was two plays in a row. Miles Bryant fell down in the slot and Thielen had a easy catch and run for, I think it was like 18 or 19 yards. And then, you know, uh, he got toasted on another one. That, or then he made I agree, a, Chris, by the way. Go yeah, ahead. he he made the uh, um, the penalty there, which I thought, you know, it was unnecessary. He didn't have to hit that guy so hard on the ground. He could have eased up or even tried to miss him. But I didn't think yeah. that. I I I saw that play differently than most. I I had no. Um, I didn't. I didn't think he did really anything wrong. Now, maybe I need to go look at it three or four more times because it seems like a lot of people that wasn't a big issue to me. I thought it was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit, but I don't know. I mean, the officials were were brutal in this game. I mean, I don't think – I don't like blaming losses on officials. Do I don't I. necessarily think – I don't necessarily think the Patriots played well enough and got totally robbed because I do, I do think they didn't do some of the things right in critical areas. But, I mean – like the Pierre Strong thing. Like that's Pierre the Strong, worst thing of the game, by the way. Yeah, that's, the Pierre Strong penalty was just brutal. Um, I don't know why you needed to dial up a block there. 
it should be setting up for a return, in my opinion. But, I mean, you, you went for it just like you did for Indy. It was the same play call per Evan Lazar based on the conversation he had with somebody in the locker room. Um, and I think that, you know, obviously the Hunter Henry thing uh, is just ridiculous. I, I I don't know why we it seem, we seemingly have this, like discrepancy and and you know inconsistency of of, of catches like multiple times it, we've had it for like 10 years it's been like since the calvin johnson thing like it's i thought we fixed this and it was it was behind us apparently it's not um uh, you know i mean you swing a couple play if, if, if the patriots don't make a dumb penalty with the pierre strong play and hunter henry's roll to catch we're probably talking about a different outcome to this game Sure. Uh, you know, but I, I still don't think they did good enough things, you know, in certain areas. So I'm not putting it all on the officials, but this was one of the worst officiated games I've seen this season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Steve, before I go to you, I would definitely want your thoughts. And I'm very glad that Derek brought this up. I never like to blame a game on the officials because your team loses or your team wins. Ultimately, there's something there that you should have done to win or lose a game. So that's the way I look at it. Can they get in the way? Can they caused some issues yes and there's some definitely some issues here but i'm glad that derek brought this up the biggest problem for me of the game was pierre strong's penalty because if that doesn't happen i think the patriots go on and win this game that was seven points that was the difference in the game that turned out to be the difference in the game that's not obviously there are other things that led up to it but the thing that drives me crazy about the hunter henry situation and maybe i'm wrong this is just my theory if the game's in Foxborough and this happens with Hunter Henry, I think it's a touchdown. I think this also is a hometown call. We see these all the time. They get nervous about how how the home team is going to react. I'm talking about the fans. And it becomes an issue. And, I listen, they're human beings, and they reverse this. Now, I know yeah, it wasn't they, on they the field. They called it a touchdown on, I know they did. on the field. I know they did. And see, that's the thing. New York took, what, seven minutes? Yes. Looking for anything that would overturn this? And see, that that to me is like, okay, what are we doing here? And when you see the blow-ups of that, both of his hands are under the football. Under the ball. Yep. That That's Very a touchdown. And then somebody on social media posted a, a, a very similar play. Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. And yeah. the, the ball actually squirted out with Kelsey, and they said, oh, he had it long enough when he hit the ground that it's it's a touchdown. Well, how the hell can that be a touchdown and Hunter Henry's not? Well, right. just, just in general, though, too, it's like if the ground can't cause a fumble, right, why do – if Henry is is has his hands on the ball, hand underneath it, touches the ground and crosses the plane. Why isn't that just at the end of the play? Like that, it, it, to me, it's just like one of those things. Uh, it's like, you know, when you see it and it was just an obvious, an obvious catch and they got to, I don't know what they have to do to figure it out. Like I understand the way the rule is written, but they need to reword it because it makes no sense. And there's too many inconsistencies and officiating in sports. You need that consistency. And the fact that Kelsey, and that and that was circling around, so I'm sure enough people have seen it by now. But if not, you know, you'll see it. It's like if you look at the Kelsey catch and look at the Hen- Henry non-catch, it makes no sense, and it, and it really changed a huge, huge portion of that game. You know who was really upset with that call? It was De- Des Bryant was livid 
on social media after that. Well, he was call. affected by it a long time ago too. <laughs> so, yeah, no, very interesting stuff, guys. Very interesting. But you know, the other thing about the officials, they missed a blatant call on the run back for a touchdown. You know, um, that was a blatant holding call right as he made his cut to the outside. That's where the officials are supposed to be looking. And then twice on the same punt return, you know, Matthew Slater's blocked in the back two times on the same play. And, you know, he's the gunner. So, you, you know, all eyes are on him. Twice, Kyle Duggar. Twice they blocked yep. Slater in the back. And, you know, he still got his hand on the guy. Um it's it was just awful. It was a awful officiated game. Okay, very good. All right, all right, guys. Uh, and again, uh, we also have to mention. I, I don't know. If, again, maybe I wasn't listening carefully. Do you guys mention Kyle Duggar? Yeah, yeah. The, the hold on the ninety-seven yard return. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. All right, guys. Let's move on. Let's now focus on talking about Mac Jones and. The way I want to do it, you know, again, before we talk about him, I want to talk about the play of the offensive line because this was a difference here. So let's start here before we really get into talking about Mac Jones. They really did protect him, Steve. So what was going on differently in this game than we've seen in prior games? When he had the time, he looked like Mac Jones from last season. That's what I keep hearing. But I saw even a better version of Mac Jones in this game. I saw a little bit of development in my mind something that I haven't seen from him, I saw more forward thinking, more growth in this one game that I've seen in his two-year career. Now, I'm not trying to go too far on this, but I think part of it had to do with the protection. So let's start here. Well, the protection was much better. They were giving him time to go through his progressions for about three quarters. Then in the fourth quarter, the protection started to break down more. But uh, you know, when he had time to go through his progressions, they were pushing the ball down the field and they were getting big chunk plays. And that's something they haven't been able to do. You know, when um, when you get two 40-yard plays, a 37-yard touchdown, a 34-yard touchdown, you know, you're pushing the ball down the field, you know, effectively. And they did that. Um, you know, it's amazing what he can do when he's able to go through those progressions and see the field. And it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it was better than it has been all season long for him. Um, Mac Jones hasn't had that protection all season. You know, I, I would say he hasn't had that kind of protection since before the bye week last year. So that to me is a big one. Right. I mean, the protection was there. I thought he he spread the ball around really well. They had five players with over 60 yards um, of, you know, uh, yardage um, in catches. So when, when you're throwing to five different receivers who have 60-plus yards, you're being successful and you're spreading the ball around. I thought he played very well. In fact, in my uh, positional report card this week, gave him an A. Oh, excellent, Steve. And I totally agree with that. But, again, it starts with the protection. He has the protection. Derek, I want to go to you because 
You and I, our number one focus has been the progression of Mac Jones. Sure. This season, let's be honest, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. We, we know this. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. It really is about his development. Yep. Do I want them to go to the playoffs and do well? Do I want them to win every game? Absolutely. But number one for me is his development because I have been nervous that maybe he's not the guy. This was a step in the right direction to potentially being the guy. Now, it's only one game, but he looked like an elite quarterback against the Vikings. That's where I'm going on this. I don't want to read too much into it, but I think part of it has to do with the protection, as Steve said. But I also noticed something that was interesting that Steve just mentioned, spreading the ball around like a former quarterback used to do with the Patriots. I think that's important. And not just 20, 30 yards, 60 yards. So it wasn't just focusing on one receiver. And I thought they opened it up a little bit more. On top of that, I do want to mention this. I did look at stats of Mac Jones compared to Tom Brady's second year in 2002. Guess what? They're very similar. And I remember in that season that Tom Brady struggled in certain games, winning games. There was one game on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. Steve, you might remember, maybe you do, Derek, that he couldn't win it in the end. And that's similar to what we're seeing with the Patriots right now. They can't beat the good teams. Part of it could be the progression of the quarterback. But I think this is a positive sign, Derek, is that I'm one that has been very nervous that maybe he's not the guy. This is making the argument in the other direction. Your thoughts? This is more of a loaded question than <laughs> I, I anticipated. But, okay. you, you know, it's it's tough because on one year I look at it and I think that his year has been somewhat ruined because it's been really tough to evaluate him with all the other circumstances around him. In, a, in another instance, I look at it and say, hey, look, you know, change happens. Things aren't always going to be perfect. And – you know, you have to overcome things like that. And I don't think he's always done that. Now, in this game, I think the biggest thing with the protection, yes, they, they did a good job protecting him or a better job, but I also think that they got the ball out of his hands pretty quick on the majority of plays. And he looked decisive and comfortable, and it looked like they were doing things. It just looked like the offense last year. Now, it the offense last year and what we saw on Thursday night, it needs to be better than what it is. But it looked better than what it had looked prior to the rest See, of the Derek, year. I respectfully disagree because I think what they're trying to do, and I understand where you're going on this, that it looks somewhere. I think it looked a little bit different because they're trying to help him grow as a quarterback. I'm not saying that Patricia and Judge are the right guys to do this. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. just saying that I think I understand why they went this route. They did not want to go to safe route because if you look at, and I hate to do the Brady comparison, the dink and dunk of – first year and then the growth in the second year and it was a little bumpy at times we're seeing that with mac jones so i would go with the growth even though it's causing problems watching each and every week but i saw passes in this game Derek, and i know you're gonna agree with me that we've not seen all season oh 100%. And, that, and that to me is a little different that's where i'm going that it's a little yeah. different it is than, i think i think they than started that comfort the zone of last season i think they started the year with wanting to attack more deep and right they there's a reason for that and there was yes there is of course because they realized that i forget you know the stat that's going around i'm sure you guys have heard it i think they're i think they're over what over 10 over 11 their last 11 games of when the opponents score over 25 points i mean they're they they they've come up short in 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 games where a lot of points are scored i mean and let's be honest i mean they they've really only won 
the Patriots, I mean, have really only won one way the last few years, which is, you know, they, they get a lead early and they play good defense and they run the ball. And, and it, it's hard for them to win another way. I, I was really excited with 432 left in the game on Thursday when the Patriots got the ball back because I was like, all right, let's see Mac Jones put a drive together in crunch time, in prime time, and, and go down the field. Uh, and, you know, the offense, it, it, it totally fell apart. I mean, they 12 of their last 16 plays, you know, went for one yard or less. Uh, and they, 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 the offense totally died down the stretch. It was very unfortunate. I do think there are some positives to take away for us, but I'll feel better about Mac Jones's performance if we can see it stacked together a couple of times down the stretch. Like that would really be encouraging to go into the offseason, seeing him play some better football because, you know, this was the best game he's played since probably Jacksonville last year. Right. You know, and it's, it's been a long time. So it, it was good to see, encouraging to see. I hope they can build on it moving forward, um, and, you know, and go from there. Okay. Steve, I want to get your thoughts on the progression of Mac Jones. Am I reading too much into one game? Maybe a little bit, but I've been just feeling that uh, this was a different kind of game for him. This was uh, a statement game. where, And again, I understand where Derek's going that we're seeing some more things from last season, but I also saw different things, a growth of some of the play calling, some of the things that we've been yelling at them to do, I think we saw in this game. Yes, they did use some of those elements, and it was good. I mean, n- not entirely good through the whole game, but you they were at least exploring other opportunities. And, you know, um, I thought the, the passing game looked really good. Um, you know, they don't have, quote-unquote, elite receivers, but, you know, when they spread the ball around, they have more than capable receivers, something we saw – in the past, not saying that Jones can run the offense like somebody else we knew. Right. But I, I liked what I saw in the passing game because they mixed it up. They spread the ball around. I, I thought that was really, really good. My only fault with the offense was they didn't run the ball enough. They got a little one-dimensional, especially okay. in the second half. You know, I, I thought they needed to do that more especially with the Vikings dominating time of possession. One way to flip that switch is to run the football and extend some drives out, but they, they didn't do it. But I thought Jones looked really decisive and, you know, for the first time in a while, I thought that the offense looked in sync. Mm, Everyone seemed to be moving in the same direction at the same time. Well, the timing me, was so much better. Let it me ask you guys both this. I'm sorry to break in. No. Did you feel like I did, Derek? And then I want your thoughts, Steve. I'll go right back to you. That on every drive that they had, that they were going to score. It's the first time I can remember this season feeling that, you know what? I think they might score here, whether it be a touchdown or a field goal. I felt pretty much that they could keep up with the Vikings. I've never felt like that during any game this season. About the third-ish drive, if I'm remembering correctly, about the third-ish drive, I was like, okay, you actually had some faith going into the That's drive. What you I know mean. what I mean? Yeah, and and I know I know what you mean. I know what you meant, but I'm saying it. You know, after after a possession or two, I go, okay, you know, they 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 look like they're on tonight for whatever reason. However, you want to break it down. You know, I think it was a little bit of the protection. I think it was Mac Jones. I think the whatever they changed from a timing perspective, the play calling. You know, yeah. at least early on, I thought it was good. 
uh, you know, they, it just looked like a comfortable. It you know, looks like Steve had to drop off. That's okay. Um, it looked it it just, it just looked like a more comfortable and uh, in sync offense. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Steve, thank you for uh, coming back on and. <laughs> Let's just get your thoughts on what we're talking about here. Because for me, watching a game, listen, we're, we're fans of, of the Patriots. We cover the Patriots, but we're fans. This is the first time this season, and maybe in a long time, that I felt when they had the ball, when they were driving, when they're on a drive, except for, as Derek said, maybe the beginning of the game, that they could score on every drive. And that is unusual for this team to feel that way, this season especially. So I felt that they could actually keep up with the Vikings. And I'm going to say it right now. I thought, you know, and again, the Vikings won the game. They deserved to win the game because they made more plays. But the Patriots were right there with them. And in fact, we could make the argument that they should have won the game. But they didn't. That, that's correct. And, you know, that's the uh, that's the sad part because the game, like I said earlier, this game was winnable. It was eminently winnable. They had the lead at times in the game. You know, there was 12 lead changes, I think, in the football game. So it was going back and forth. But, yes, I had the feeling that, like I said, the offense looked in sync. And I thought there was a a threat to score every time they got the ball. And can't say I thought that all season long. So that was (laughs) a good sign. Yes. And, And that's kind of where I'm going on this, Derek is that, listen, we don't want them to lose, but maybe I'm looking at this more big picture than most are, that I can accept the loss because I'm thinking, where can they be next season? Is there a good sign that we're heading in in the right direction? That's kind of where I'm going on this because I haven't felt that way up until this game. I wanted to see a sign. This is a sign. I don't mean it's if it's going to be the exact sign that we're looking for, but I thought it was a good sign. It is a good sign. Um, it doesn't take away my thought that for Mac Jones, things need to be perfect in order for him to perform at a higher level. Now, I, I don't think it needs to be necessarily perfect, but I do think that they have to be better than what they they have been. And I I think that we'll see what happens in the offseason. Some changes need to happen to the offensive line. There's going to be some changes at receiver, I believe, um, and maybe the coaching, but I, 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 I was encouraged by this game, Russ, but put it this way, as much as I was encouraged by this game, I want to see some stacked together down the stretch in order to really buy in. But you're right. It was a, it was a bright spot. Okay. Very good. All right. Steve's here in 2G here. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm I'm having terrible internet connection issues today here. It's not the site. It's my connection. No, that's okay, Steve. But I'm enjoying this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm enjoying the the pause. No, but thank you for fighting through this. And uh, listen, we've been doing this show for a long time. We've dealt with all kinds of things. This is actually small potatoes compared to some of the issues we've had over the years. So. I think we can deal with a little bit of internet problems. I, I, I think that's really not that bad. But guys, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and how far have the Patriots come into this game to face the Buffalo Bills. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, guys. Let's now start our conversation about the Buffalo Bills. But before we do that, Derek, I want to go to you first because it's still a very bad taste in all of our mouths the way the season ended last year. And we're thinking they are a million miles away from the Buffalo Bills. Even that game at Gillette Stadium, you felt that they were far away. So here we are. We're going into the game against the Buffalo Bills. And this is a measuring stick game. It used to be the other way around for the Bills. Now it's the Patriots trying to measure up to the Bills, especially defensively. I think that's what we're really concerned about. Can they stop? Force a punt. (laughs) Force a punt. No, 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 no. See, see, that that to me is stupid talk. It's a lot more than that. They need to actually them. stop them on a regular basis. People are talking about that. And you know what? I think that's something that is just stupid because, yes, they need to force a pump. They need to do a hell of a lot better than just force a punt. They need to find a plan like they used to do to stop elite quarterbacks. And full credit to Josh Allen. He's played great. But I also oh, I always see this little – thing in him that I think he gets to yips every once in a while. There's something that happens with him. I'm, I still have my doubts because I have not seen him been able to win that big game yet. He's come close, but when the chips are on the line in some of these games, you know, again, uh, AFC championship game was great. You know, that wasn't his fault, but I've just seen every once in a while, he makes that key interception. He's still doing it, still absolutely doing it. But the Patriots have to find a way to stop him. So how far are the, are the Patriots away now, Derek? Have they closed the gap at all? I think we'll find out a little bit on Thursday, but what are your thoughts on this? Are they still miles away in your opinion, or have they closed the gap? Miles away. They, they're not even on the same planet. Uh, but it's, you know, I mean, here's the thing with Josh Allen is that, you know, he's thrown their, he's thrown the ball so much. He's just not afraid to take, to make, uh, you know, to make mistakes and, and, you know, they can overcome them in, in most in most circumstances. But, you know, the Bills' biggest issues this year, um, I'll say this, two things. For one, they're having terrible issues with injuries, especially in the secondary, just absolutely decimated, which, you know, attrition well, I feel is big... so sorry for them. Yeah, I know. Um, now you ruined my train of thought. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it, but you know what? To your point, I don't know if it's just a Josh Allen thing. I think the Bills have shown over the last couple of years as they've as they've really emerged as one of the elite teams in the league yeah. is that they haven't been able to, to, to win big and they haven't really been, they haven't really shown that they can t- handle that pressure. It's not no. like an easy thing. And, and 
you know, look, I'm not. I, is that I, a coaching I, issue, Derek? Could it, it could really... be. You know, it could be. I, I, I think that you, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see how they do that on the stretch. And a lot of it could come down to injuries. But, you know, sometimes it looks like midseason the last two years, they looked like they've been bored at times, you know, at middle of the year. They just like, it's like, all right, just get us to the postseason, get us to the postseason. And I think that's something that as you look back at, you know, when the Patriots with Brady had, the, had a nice run, I think that's something I appreciate more and more with Belichick as the years go on, which is Belichick's ability to keep the team on a week to week track and keep them mentally stable where I'm not sure Sean McDermott can do that, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, the bills have, I mean, Josh Allen has flat out owned the Patriots aside from like that wind game, you know, um, he's, he's played lights out. So the Patriots need to figure out a way to, to make some mistakes, get off the field. And I think the key is just getting in, you know, getting them more to third and longs and, and, and being able to get on the, get off the field that way. I mean, right. And, and not shoot themselves in the foot. And unfortunately they've done that a lot the last few meetings. Okay. Steve, over to you. As, as we're talking about the situation with stopping Josh Allen, I'm glad that Derek actually brought me to talk a little bit about Sean McDermott because I've always thought that he's a good coach, but I also think that he's a coach that lets his emotions get the best of him. And I think it shows up in these big spots, Steve, along with Josh Allen. I think they don't have that ability that the Patriots used to have to keep their emotions in check and just win a game and just go with the flow. They let that get the best of them. Oh, it looks like um, Steve has dropped off again. Yeah, so we hopefully. keep losing him. Yeah, that's okay. It's still me and you, Derek. And some people like me, you're going back and forth. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right. Yeah, it's all good. Okay. So – Derek, as we look into this game, what have you made of their season so far, uh, the Buffalo Bills? I think it's been kind of what we were just talking about. I mean, they started out as an absolute wagon, and they've had to deal with a ton of injuries. Their secondary has been riddled with injuries. I mean, they're down to like their seventh and eighth corners. I mean, they're having some bad issues. Um, And the Von Miller injury is is, is massive for them. I mean, it seems like he'll be coming back in a couple weeks, and if he's healthy down the stretch, then that's what they paid him all that money to do. But, you know, it literally, their corners and safeties have been just hit with injuries constantly. Um, And... Uh, you know, they, they've still found a way to win games at the end. I mean, that that Lions game on on Thanksgiving, the Lions had control of that game for, for 55 minutes. And then the Bills come in and they won the game. And that's what good teams do. So they're still they're 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 still, you know, obviously a very good team, but they're having some issues right now with consistency and with injuries. OK, very good. All right. As we wait for Steve to join us, let's just break this down, my friend. Let's just get to it. Let's Let's go into it. So let's talk about the Patriots on offense and the Bills on defense in the passing game. Patriots offense looked a little bit better in the passing game. Who do you give the advantage to against the Bills? I'm going to give the advantage to the Patriots, and I'm doing it for two reasons. And maybe I'm going to get sucked into this thing, and <laughs> and I am going to look like an idiot. But I am encouraged no. with what I saw last week, and uh, from the Patriots offense, and just based on what I'm talking about right now with the Bills secondary the way that the way it is. If this was a fully healthy Bills secondary, I probably would not be saying this. But given what the circumstances are this week, I'm giving the Patriots the advantage. Okay. So now let's talk about the Patriots running game. And it sounds like that Damian Harris will not be involved, which is a blow. But uh, Boomer Sooner is still able to do it, my friend. I have to throw (laughs) that in there with Ramondre Stevenson. 
course. So who do you give the advantage when the Patriots are on offense and the Bills are on defense in the running game? I'm going to give the advantage to the Bills. I, I One thing that the Bills have done a really good job of is drafting and developing uh, defensive linemen, and they rotate their defensive linemen a lot, and that helps with the pass rush, and it helps with – uh, it helps with their run defense. Plus, they have Matt Milano, who is such a rangy linebacker, incredibly instinctive, very athletic, uh, and he's able to do great things in coverage. Probably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL or one of the best. And he also can make plays in the run game. Now, I do love Stevenson. I will say this about Stevenson, though, Russ. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know if it's a conditioning thing. I just wonder if he could be I'm having a couple of small doubts about him being an exclusive full-time running back. He does incredible things. I've said it for all year. He's one of the best players on the team. He is more skilled than Damian Harris. But I do think having someone to compliment him for at least at least to give him a breather here and there is uh, is going to be necessary because the more we've watched of him in some of these games, sometimes he's the only one making plays, but you can tell when he's gassed and and it's like hard to blame him because he's getting so many touches. But I mean, I, I do like the compliment of Harris. So I wonder what that contract's going to look. I know this is an aside, but yeah. I wonder what that contract for Harris is going to look like in the offseason because if it's just a couple million a year, I, I think the Patriots would be wise to keep both because I think both fit the system really well and they complement each other nicely. Well, what's interesting about Ramondre is that you now see his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So it does sound like, Derek, that they're trying to make him a three-down back. Oh, yeah. But, but the thing is, like you said, when the Patriots have been at their best, they've had that third down back. They've had that James White. They've had Kevin Falk. They don't really have that right now. Let's be honest. They don't have that, even though Ramondre has been able to develop in the passing game. And I agree with you. I think the Patriots offense is at its best when they have complimentary running backs. Have they ever really been dominant with one running back? I think you have to go all the way back to Corey Dillon. I literally I, was going to say the same thing. That's you know, funny. I mean, when is the last time you can remember, Derek, the Patriots running game being dominant with one back. I think it has to go all the way back there. Maybe, maybe Lawrence Maroney, maybe, maybe Maroney a little maybe, bit, but he, uh, dominant. No, no. I mean, no. Stevenson to me, I think you, I think you see it sometimes. He maybe he's not a smooth catching the ball as Falk or no. White was, no, but, but I mean, he, can he still it. hauls it in. He still, he still hauls it in and he makes, it seems like he makes a lot of one-handed catches. I don't know, what the, deal, I don't know what the deal is with that, but I, don't know. I mean, he, he looks better in that role. I just think they need a. I just think he needs a complimentary piece. Hopefully, Harris isn't too banged up because they do complement each other pretty well. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, Stevenson still is 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 one of the better players on offense. I mean, when he's involved, uh, usually good things happen for this team. Okay, Derek. Let's uh, now talk about the Patriots' defense against the Bills' offense. Let's start with the running game. Who do you give the advantage to? I, I give the advantage to the Patriots. I think they've done a pretty good job with run defense, aside from. Aside from uh, designed quarterback runs, I think the Patriots' run defense has done well this year. Um, you know, and I, I'm a little worried about. I was going to say, how about this game? I'm more worried about. Yes, I'm. So thank you for saying that. I'm more <laughs> worried about Josh Allen running than any one of their running backs running. So 
that's it's a tough it's a tough way to play because you got to get pressure on Allen, but you can't lose containment. And if he gets to the edge, he's probably getting a first down. I mean, he's a moose out there. I mean, I I say that in the most complimentary way. I, I just he's he he just moves really really smoothly, and he's so big and so tough. You know, it's, he's really impressive. But those runs are going to kill you. As far as the running backs go, I feel good about the Patriots keeping them in check. But, you know, one of the keys to the game is going to is gonna have to be keeping Allen, you know, kind of in the pocket and getting some pressure on him. I agree with you. And we'll talk about the passing game in just a second. But I want to touch on this because I want to put you in the minds of two people, Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo. How do they contain and do what you want them to do, especially when he starts to run? We're talking about Josh Allen. Do you put a spy on him, Derek? What do you do? And if you are... Who does the job of spying someone that big? It, does it have to be a middle linebacker that is just spying him the entire time? I'm just curious. I'm thinking about this while you're mentioning this because no one's been able to truly stop him from running. Someone has to be able to do it. Who can so, do it on the Patriots? So Mac Wilson has been doing that. They, they, um, Mac Wilson has been doing that, um, and he did that a couple of weeks ago, but. I almost think Kyle Duggar might be the better person to do it because Duggar to me is he big enough though, Derek? I mean, he's bigger than Mac Wilson. I okay. mean, and and Mac Wilson is just a lot. I mean, Mac Wilson is relatively light. Um, Will I mean, Allen's has has like forty pounds on him. He probably has twenty five or thirty on Duggar to be honest. But I I like Duggar um, a lot. But there's no doubt in my mind the weakness in his game is coverage, pass coverage, and I think that if you take him out of the box or you put him in the box and have him spy Allen, you kind of don't worry about that. I mean, they have to figure out a better plan than what they've come up with, with Allen in the past. There's got to be a way to, uh, to unlock something. I think you mix it up, honestly, Russ, but I would go with Mac Wilson or Kyle Duggar. If I was, if I was bill. Okay. So now we're going to go to the passing and this is where it gets interesting. Which team has the advantage? I, I think we would give it to the bills. I don't mean to speak for you, when it comes to the passing game with the Bills on offense and the Patriots on defense. So if you agree with me, just agree with me. But the bigger question is, how do they slow this down? How do they play against a dynamic passing game like this? They haven't been able to figure it out yet. You would think with this brain trust, they'd be able to figure out a plan. The question would be to execute it. If you're them, what would be your game plan against this passing game? Well, my game plan for one would be to not let Stefan Diggs own the day. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in football and he's he's been dominant against you. I mean, to me, I'm probably putting Jonathan Jones on Gabe Davis and I'm double covering Stefan Gilmore almost the entire day exclusively. I mean, that's my that's my plan. I I, I want to put Devin McCourty over the top. Yep. I want to put, you know, whoever whoever you want to put on Stefan Diggs is fine. The reason I say Jonathan Jones is because I on Gabe Davis is because I feel like Gabe Davis will probably still make some plays, but I trust Jonathan Jones enough to, to hang with that matchup. And I just think that's matchups too hard for one person. So I double cover with the next two corners that Bill feels like is good enough. You got to try to keep a spy on Allen. I mean, you only have 11 guys, but you got to try to stretch them thin in this matchup because it's hard. And, and look, if we go, Russ, if we go into that game plan and Stefan Diggs doesn't beat you and, but Stephen Diggs doesn't beat you, but you know maybe Duke Dawson makes a couple of catches. I, I think you go to bed 
at night saying, Hey, I mean, we, you, we, 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 we can live with that. Right. You know, I, 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 the last thing you want to do is come out of this game and have Josh Allen run for a boatload of first downs and for Stefan Diggs to have eight catches for 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Okay. And I understand where you're going on that, Derek. And I'm thinking about those Kansas City Chiefs games mm. where the Patriots took away Tyreek Hill. Maybe that's your game plan here. You take away Stefan Diggs and you, you double team him. You don't let him get a sniff. And then you just hope that your best corner right now might be Jonathan Jones on the second and hope he can do a job. Then it becomes a tight end situation, like you said. We've But we've seen the Patriots being able to do that against the Chiefs. I think that's not a bad comp here. You know, different offenses, but I don't think it's a terrible comp there. No, I I agree. Um, and I, I, I just wonder... I just wonder what the Patriots can do differently in this game that they haven't tried, Russ. You know, I just think yeah. they – I would like to see the Patriots, even if it doesn't work, you know, you're going to see them again in a couple of weeks. But the, the games haven't been overly competitive aside from when there was basically a hurricane. <laughs> so well, it's like, you know, to me, it's it's like I, I just try – just spin the dial on something. I was going to say, totally just start doing stuff like that, Derek. You know, I hate to go old school, but do what they did against Peyton Manning – when you're sure. just, you know, you're getting to the line of scrimmage and you're you're faking one thing and you're going to something else. Just start doing that. And if Again, I'm the cor- if I'm th- if I'm Bill, I'm telling the cor- I'm telling the corners play incredibly physical. You know, yeah, really let, let the it, crap it, out it, of them. If, if they want to, if they want to call, hold, if we get ten holding calls and illegal contact calls, then so be it. But I I am not. I I don't want to. I put it this way, Russ. Yep. I guess and the longer the short of it is, I don't want to see the team lose in the same way I've seen them lose the last two years. It's like at some point you got to try something different, and I'm hoping that this is the game they can kind of figure it out because if they can steal one of these two games, they'll be they'll be in decent shape going down the stretch. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, this is not an easy matchup. I no. I, I I just think that. Unfortunately for the Patriots, the biggest problem in this game it, it is it is stopping Josh Allen, but. It's also that Josh Allen, one of the things that is fun to watch about him, unfortunately, is that he makes things look really easy. Right. And offensively, they can have mistakes and still overcome them and put up points, and they can score points at, in, in a blink. And the Patriots have had problems scoring points and into the red zone this year. And so they need to figure out a way to, you know, to keep to keep Allen off the field and to punch the ball into the end zone because uh, you know you're not going to win if you don't score. I know it sounds stupid to say, right. but it's the truth. I agree, Derek, and uh, that's going to lead us to talk about three keys to victory and your prediction. And what's interesting about this as we get into your three keys to victory, Derek, the way I'm looking at this game, and I'm glad that you mentioned this because if they win one of these two against Buffalo, dare I say Buffalo, which would be ideal, but say they win one of the two especially this one, this could set them up, meaning they're the measuring stick. The Bills are the measuring stick right now. You Mm -hmm. beat them at home, and then you have games like, well, this should be your toughest opponent, Derek. The Bills should be your toughest opponent, regardless of who you're playing coming up. It's the Bills. And if you beat the Bills and you figure out how to beat the Bills, you sure as hell can figure out how to beat the Arizona Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Dolphins, and, of course, the Bengals. This is your toughest opponent right now. You take care of business here. You should have confidence going to any of these games that you can win. So this is a game that's not only the measuring stick, it could launch them moving forward. That's how big this is. 
So give me your three keys to victory and the prediction. Well, my three keys to victory <clears throat> for, for for one, the first thing is is to pressure but contain Allen. I think that's pretty I know that goes kind of without saying, but they need to figure out a way to keep Allen in the pocket. They can't let him just scramble for first downs. They can't let him control the game with his legs. And obviously they need to get pressure on him. For me, that's the that's that's number one. For two, it's got to be the red zone for both sides of the ball, Russ. I mean, the, as, as, as well as the offense looked last week versus the Vikings, they were 0 for 3 when they get in the red zone. And when you get in the red zone, the problems are is that the obviously you have less space to work with and the Patriots are just having problems executing in that. And look, if you're going to let Josh Allen and the Bills into the red zone and you can hold the field goals and you can score touchdowns on the other end, I like your chances coming out the other side. Otherwise, not so much. And the third thing for me is, you can't have these big plays. You know, it seems like Al- it seems like Allen and the Bills offense can just rip a 20 or 40 yard play just so easily. And if the Patriots can make them work down the field, I think we could see Allen make a mistake or two because he's not he, he's not um you know, uh he, he's not perfect. I mean, he's he he's he's a terrific player. But he does make mistakes to the point that you made earlier, and I think if you if you make him work the way down the field instead of having a couple of big chunk plays, not I think you have a better opportunity to get the ball and steal a couple extra possessions. Okay, excellent stuff. I'm actually going to give my three keys to victory. I haven't Please done do. this in a long time. First one, Derek, beat the crap out of them. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> Basically, as we we're talking about, get physical with them. This is on defense. Beat the crap out of them. Okay, really, just do what you have done to other teams. Do not let them breathe, and especially the corners. Get in their face. Beat them up. Make them know that they've been in the game, and that includes Josh Allen. If he wants to run, beat the crap out of him. I'm going to say it right now. Just get get all over him. Hit him hard. Don't be afraid to hit the quarterback. I'll take the penalty. Hit the quarterback legally. So there you go on that. Second key to victory, Derek, disguise your coverages. Going back to what you said, spin the dial, right? Disguise yep. it. Make him think that he's seeing one thing and you give him another thing. If you can do that, you might cause some issues with Josh Allen to make mistakes. He does make mistakes. We've seen it, especially in key situations. Josh Allen can make mistakes. Force him in to make a mistake. And the third key for me was to play mistake-free football. You can't turn the ball over here. You can't turn it over. You have to play mistake-free. If you can do all three, I think you win this game. Derek, give me your prediction. I really, really would love to see the Patriots steal this game. Um, I was encouraged by the offensive performance last week. I think the defense uh, didn't have a great game, but on the on the balance of the season, they've played well. I'm going to go with the Bills, but I do think this is one – I mean, we'll see how it comes out, obviously. I do think this is going to be one of those games for us where we walk away saying – the Patriots hung in that game for a long time. They were competitive. The Bills were just a little more talented. Um, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it lands. But I don't think this is going to be a blowout for the Bills or anything like that. I think the Patriots are going to be right in this mix until deep into the fourth quarter. Um, and, but I do think that the Bills win, I'll say, 31-23. Okay, very good. All right. That's an interesting score. Derek? I think this is a potential victory for the Patriots. I'm actually going to go for the Patriots' victory. I think they're going to win this game 24-21. Now, the reason why I feel this way is that, uh, one, I do like the fact that they've had 
a decent amount of time to prepare. I know it's still a week, but they were able to rest over, over the weekend and get ready for this game. The game is at home. So I give the Patriots a good shot here. And I think if they win this, this might set them up. If they lose, I think it's going to really affect them. So this is a pivotal game. It's a statement game. It'll It's a benchmark game. It's all those things. I'm going with a Patriots victory. We'll see if I'm right. Okay. Great show, Derek. Fortunately, as uh, anyone watching live would know, uh, Steve was having some technical difficulties and wasn't able to uh, finish the show with us. But Yeah, and Facebook hey, Live. I don't know what's going on. I with, with don't us know. Today. And what was going on there, I started getting some uh, issues that we were having with Facebook Live. So sorry about that. That was nothing that Derek and I or Steve could handle. Uh, it's just something that happened. In, I think it's a Facebook issue, but we'll... Uh, We've been we'll doing the show for long enough for us. We know that technical issues will happen. <laughs> just what are you going to do? They always you know, can, I, um, can I just say, too, that I cannot believe that... Um, I, can, I cannot believe the Patriots are in prime time for three more games. I mean, it, it's... I don't know what the league was thinking. <laughs> Last game of Thanksgiving, Thursday night. Yep. Then we have, what is it? Is it Monday, then Sunday? Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, and by the way, the Patriots... I don't know the... I think the Cardinals game is set, right? If I'm not mistaken, Russ, do you I know think the so. answer? I'm not Cardinals sure. I think the Cardinals game is set, but I think the Raiders game, they could still flex out, but that would have to be done, I think, with before the end of the day on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So okay. just people listening, just to keep that in mind. But for now, you know, they got some primetime games coming up. So Okay, good stuff. All right. Lastly, as I always mentioned, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, especially YouTube, because it actually really does help Patriots fans find us on YouTube. I watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Go to PatsFans.com, YouTube channel, and subscribe. Uh, we are getting people watching it in more and more numbers. We want a lot more numbers. It really will help us grow our YouTube channel on PatsFans.com. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2 for Steve Balsheri and Derek Havens. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.